Hey guys, welcome to the Elite Coaching Podcast episode 7. In today's episode we are going to be covering reverse dieting, um, a topic that I feel is spoken about but there is many different layers to this topic that I feel are not spoken about. So what we're going to run through today is bringing a client, bringing yourself through a rigorous transformation journey, whether it's through a photo shoot, a bodybuilding prep show, anything where we're going to have to finalize, you know, a final product. So running through dehydration processes, how to rehydrate the client again. We're going to look through biofeedback, how to improve biofeedback markers and, and what biofeedback markers do we need to see improved before we can even think about transitioning into the next phase when we're looking at a, a psychological rebound which I feel is potentially the most important aspect of a successful reverse diet but one of the biggest things that's not spoken about inside the industry um, and then we'll run through nutritional output so what I feel in an issue where we lie inside of the fitness industry and, and as coaches when we're looking at reverse diets we only speak about the nutritional and training aspect but what I've just spoken about and I think it's as in order of importance when we run through an aggressive phase the rehydration protocol and what's required inside that rehydration protocol I feel is first second of all I feel going side by side is the psychological rebound and improving biofeedback markers before we can even think about looking at a nutritional rebound or an output rebound and you know when we're looking at these the whole kind of approach and process of a rehydration protocol into a psychological and a biofeedback rebound that can take a couple of weeks to get back to normal ranges normal levels of psychological state before we can even think about pressing into a nutritional rebound so hope this podcast is going to give a big insight into the importance of health um, which i know it's, it's crazy to even have to reiterate that but unfortunately we live in a day and an age where people are given the ability to coach people through you know aggressive phases without putting their health um uh, in a priority and when we look at some coaches you know even high level coaches i've worked with coaches in the past who don't put a priority on these things and it's only through trial and error luckily from myself i had the knowledge base where i knew i could rebound myself correctly but um i wanted to like i say i always say make this podcast an education platform where we can come and learn and come and and learn the importance of priority and where priority lies within the realm of what we do and when we're talking about a dieting phase a transformation phase the rebound post is such a massive piece of the puzzle that I feel is not necessarily spoken about hugely. So what we're going to basically do is just, just try to, you know, bring you down that kind of journey of finishing up. So when you go through, you know, a transformation phase, whether it's a, like I said, a photo shoot, a bodybuilding prep show, anything where we have to finalize something, when we're getting to those final pictures that final week we will will run through a potentially run through a dehydration process now when we are running through those those dehydration processes there will be use of diuretics there will be use of water loading there will be use of sodium manipulation and there will be a potential cut off of water what we have to understand and appreciate is that 
for every action, there's going to cause a reaction. And when we're, when you are looking at the reactive state of what happens when you utilize a diuretic, a water load, a, a drop off of water, a cut off of water, sodium manipulation, everything from an in, internal perspective is going to hone a response. There's two things that we need to appreciate when we are going through these final weeks and when we begin the rebound process, and that is your ADH levels and levels of aldosterone as well. So your ADH is your antidiuretic hormone and aldosterone is a hormone that's responsible for the secretion of water. It's it's primarily found within the kidneys. When we run through these, um, we run through these aggressive phases, we're trying to basically have a, a down regulation of ADH, which is your uh, anti-diuretic hormone, because we're trying to increase diuresis, which is the secretion of water. So when we basically pull down ADH, we have to prepare to upregulate that hormone again. Um, so, so throughout that final week, that level of ADH is going to be dropped down from your level of diuretics going up so uh, an external cause of diuresis that's what happens when you take a diuretic you increase the, the chances of diuresis or increase the process of of diuresis when we massively increase water intake so if anyone's ever done a photo shoot before a bodybuilding show by the way i'm i've i've i'm kind of tartan this with a bad brush this is not an unhealthy thing to do it's a normal and healthy process to undergo if the if the rehydration process is done correctly, I, ju- I just was kind of thinking back on what I was saying there. I was speaking of that in a very uh, negative light. Um, these are things that we have to do to get ready for a final picture, right? And of course, as a body composition coach, something that I do a lot with clients and, you know, when we look at the rehydration processes, everyone rehydrates correctly again and there's no excess water gain. There's no, you know, damage done. So, like I said, it's not a bad thing to do. Um, I was kind of speaking that in a bit like, so I'll slightly change my tone on the topic. Um, so, yeah, when, when we add in diuretics and we add in uh, um, an external form of diuretics to cause diuresis, we're down-regulating the ADH. Okay? You increase diuresis, you down-regulate the antidiuretic hormone. When antidiuretic hormone down-regulates, then you up-regulate in an increase a hormone called aldosterone. And like I said, aldosterone is responsible for the secretion of water from the kidneys. We increase water intake all that week. Usually, you'll front-load your water, so say you're doing a seven day dry out process, the first probably two days, you'll nearly double your water intake from what you potentially would be having. So if you think that increase of water intake and that high level of water is going to increase aldosterone and will then potentially have a pull down of water. So as the water is beginning to pull down, you are essentially are consistently flushing water from their body with the diuretics in place and diuresis. Your body is in this consistent state of just flush, flush, flush. The issue I think happens is when people finish up their photo shoots, bodybuilding shows, there's no emphasis on when can we begin to upregulate ADH again because if aldosterone is highly um, is highly elevated, your body is going to continue to flush water. And even if you know you try to regulate your water intake again, aldosterone is still going to be very, very present. So 
when we take a little look back into that final week, usually what a lot of people will do is they will increase their sodium intake. And, you know, the kind of bro science approach to this is sodium will help with muscular contractions. It will help try to keep a little bit more glycogen and water retention inside the muscle. Actually, what sodium intake does is sodium intake will um, regulate aldosterone even more. So the more sodium people put into the body, it basically just increases that level of, of diuresis. To have a healthy level of water manipulation, you have to have an equal sodium to potassium level. The reason why people spike sodium so high is so that sodium then overrides potassium. And if we're thinking of that homeostatic level of water retention, you would have an equal level of sodium to potassium um, ratio. So when people usually walk out the door and finish a finalized photo shoot or finish a bodybuilding show, they'll have a massively increased level of aldosterone, they'll have a down regulation of ADH, they'll have a massive increased level of sodium intake and a hugely down regulated level of potassium. So the, the, the normal rehydration process and what we're trying to do is we're trying to downregulate aldosterone. We're trying to increase, of course, ADH and we're trying to counteract that level of um, sodium to potassium ratio. I think the number one thing to do in this in this case, in this scenario, is we need to have, number one, potassium upregulated again. So the more potassium we have, our natural ADH levels are going to increase. So the, probably the best way to do this is before you know, looking at any sort of a nutritional approach, number one is the rehydration process. So I think immediately after the, the show or the photo shoot has been done, you need to reintroduce electrolytes into the system. Using something like a Dioralite is a phenomenal way to increase your natural potassium levels into and uh, the system again once we have potassium starting to increase naturally sodium will try to come down to facilitate its homeostatic range to facilitate that point of you know no more secretion sodium of course plays with aldosterone so once we increase that level of potassium your aldosterone levels are naturally now going to to decrease um, when sodium and aldosterone have decreased, ADH is naturally going to increase itself, but this has to be done over a period of probably about four days. Um, aldosterone is not going to come down quickly, and it's not going to come down willingly. So just utilizing one course of um, something like a Dioralite is not going to do it. What I'd recommend is probably with each meal, have a sachet of Dioralites. Try to limit your sodium intake um, and you can kind of just return to normal water again water is not really the big issue here and a lot of people think if you go back drinking high levels of water again will you essentially gain water weight not necessarily you will only increase the chance of aldosterone still being present so what i think is, is the best protocol to use potentially with every meal moving forward try to have an adequate level of um or an adequate amount of something like a diorolite that's going to increase the potassium i wouldn't try to do it to your food intake you're never going to get the level enough so for the remainder of that week what we have to do in the initial phase of the reverse diet is just nail down that rehydration probably after day four with the consistency of potassium that's coming into the body you will now have a regulation and probably what you'll see is maybe a day or two after the photo shoot or or a bodybuilding show after having you know probably a big substantial meal 
that evening, you will see a big increase in scale weight probably the next day. That scale weight will probably start to drop back down, you know, after you just return back to normal food intake. And um, nothing that's like overly structured or stressful, which will run through down a moment, but just when you, you when you kind of reestablish your natural food intake, your scale weight will start to level off. And when we start to see a slight increase of scale weight and a very steady increase is when usually you'll have regulation again because when we introduce higher food intake your body's going to want to naturally gain weight but if we are kind of holding weight your body could still be flushing water quite aggressively you know your body's not basically retaining any water that's going in it's just a consistent flush effect so initial part of the 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 reverse diet has to be that rehydration the regulation of adh the leveling off of sodium and potassium and the down regulation of that hormone aldosterone once we have that in place you have essentially returned back to homeostatic regulation you've, you've returned back to a normal point of living that's the most important and number one the second i feel and that's the most easy to address is the psychological rebound so Whenever we are going through a dieting phase, there's such an emphasis around body composition. And is it a healthy emphasis? Yes, because it, it's teaching you how to be extremely accountable to a goal that you set. You are trying to do something that 90% of people cannot do. You are having sacrifice, you know, and and you are you are pushing yourself towards a big goal. It's, it's a healthy thing to do if you can come out of that process healthily. I think, and I think where the issue lies is, there is no psychological rebound protocol put in place for someone who runs through a reverse diet. So when you're going through your, your dieting phase, it's all body composition focus. It's about you, you're making a sacrifice, but you are taking time away from your family, you're taking time away from your friends, you become a very self-centered individual but that's of course directly according to the goal that you have where i think has to come into play in this initial week is straight away you need to set another goal but that goal has to be set slightly away from the realm of body composition that you are currently aiming for so your level of body composition and focus point has been to get as lean as possible, to get in photo shoot condition, to get in the correct condition for the show. That has been the big focus point. Okay, let's maybe shift change the focus point away. So say during the initial phases of your prep, you were hip thrusting 150 kilos and you felt really good. You felt a great muscle connection. <coughs> Excuse me. You felt a great muscular connection. You felt strong. Maybe that can be a goal that we can focus back to. Let's now come back into focusing on strength, focusing on the performance in the gym, having that mindset switch back into a healthier environment and a healthier approach to training is going to take away from body composition, but still keep you very focused and in the realm of what we do. Like I said, when we go through these dieting phases, everything is so restrictive. So I feel like we need to take the restrictions away. We need to lift up the restrictions ever so slightly. And when we're looking at this now from a kind of a, a lifestyle change, I think implementing a meal plan immediately post 
photo shoot or post you know final phase of of dieting phase i feel potentially for some people could be a wrong thing to do you know some people may argue with this but i feel like if you give them calories to work off they have no more restrictions like if you think how restrictive your process has been for 12 8 16 18 weeks of just you know following a meal plan and, and and abiding by restrictions does have an impact on psychological state and your mental state and what we need to do for a short period is allow restrictions to be lifted off now i'm not saying that you have to go and you know eat pig out and eat whatever you want no of course you're you're still coaching them they still understand that you know they've worked so hard to achieve this level of body composition this level of body composition can be kept if this reverse diet is done correctly so if they were having 1400 calories a day throughout the last couple of phases of their diet if you increase them to 1800 calories a day initially it's only 400 calories of an increase nothing too substantial but just give them calories to work off don't give them specific macros don't give them specific meals they can go out with their mom tomorrow morning to a cafe and have eggs and bacon for their breakfast when they used to have porridge they can go meet one of the girls for lunch and have a salad or go for a tie which is still in a healthy range you know it's still healthy food sources that they're consuming they're not going to have a fry they're not going to have a burger king or a subway they're still eating in very healthy environments but there's no restriction around what they have to eat. We can slowly implement the meal plans back in again. You know, when we give them probably a two-week break period in between their in between their, their dieting phase to entering back into a potential rebound phase or into a gaining phase or into a maintenance phase, then of course when those phases have been entered into, which we'll speak about a little bit later on, but in between that bridging gap, this is just speaking from a psychological perspective, you need to allow them time away from restricting. If you if you restrict somebody for so long during their dieting phase, they're they're not gonna care because to them balance means nothing. You know, the goal is aggressive, so they have to be aggressive. When you enter into more of a gaining phase, you need to give them time away from that restriction so they can enter back into the realm of restrictiveness very healthily. If we don't give them the time away from restrictions and keep restrictions in place quite aggressively, when they enter that realm of a longer duration, so if you enter them into a 25-week gaining phase or a 16-week gaining phase into a recomp, that 16 weeks, it's about pushing weight, it's about getting stronger, it's about increasing calories, but it's still in a restrictive environment. The chances of them coming off that plan and not following that plan is going to be 10 times higher if you don't allow them a certain time away from restrictions but like i said give them a calorie range to aim for if you spike them up by 400 calories they're not going to gain excess amount of weight if they keep in that calorie range which they will because they've just come from a very driven environment they're still in the best condition of their life if they're coached correctly they will not go over that calorie number because they know the implications of that they're going to be absolutely fine. I feel like as well, being present with family and friends in that initial phase post is the most important aspect of this. You know, you've had such a psychological warfare over the last probably 12 weeks of restrictiveness, of, you know, dedication, hard work, sacrifice, but you've taken time away from, you know, really what, what means the most, you know. And of course, with anyone, you know, they have supported you through, 
you know, a very, very aggressive thing that you've just done, a very self-centered thing that you have just done, but it's now time for you to pay your dues, you know, it's now time for you to, to repay back for what they've done, because what you have to think, and what I, what I speak to anyone about is, you know, don't just do a photo shoot once, you know, why not do a photo shoot, reset the clock, enter a gaming phase, and then recomp back back into it again that, that's a, a very healthy thing to do if these cycles are done correctly but what you always have to appreciate and under, understand the fact of when your family members are being very supportive um you know for them to be supportive again you have to give them their time back you know you have to like i said if you want to go for a breakfast with your mom you know maybe two or three times during that bridging gap of your dieting phase and you know you're just holding off calories you know that's their time paid back you know your friends you have to have you know if, if you drink you have to have a night out with your friends you have to have a meal out with your partner you have to have a meal out and a couple of drinks and you know because again you're returning back to normality you're returning back to, to normal life again but i feel like that being being present is a extremely important thing so when you look at this from a psychological perspective just to kind of overview that and wrap it up nearly Number one, having a shift changing in goals is the most important thing. So get your client, get yourself now thinking about something else that's still in the realm of what we do. It's not completely losing focus, but from a psychological point of view, it's taking them away from focusing on body composition. Because at the end of the day, it's a very healthy thing to focus on, but not over a very long duration um of time so a shift change in goals immediately restrictions uplifted immediately they have to have restrictions taken away because when you enter them back into gaining phase when you enter them back into a maintenance phase post this restrictions will be implemented in and to have a healthy reintroduction into restrictions you have to have a healthy time away from restrictions and being present with with family and being present with friends is your way of number one saying thank you for the support that they've shown but also to make sure that the next time these phases come around your family and friends are there to support as well because you wouldn't have got through the last 12 14 16 18 weeks without that support system if you think that you can neglect that support system and try to enter into one of these phases again, that could be a make or break for some people to, are you successful the second time around? Because I've seen it before where clients had a fantastic support system on round one, round two came around, the support system started to dwindle out and that affected the the whole end result because you'll know from the first time around when support systems are present, the result then in itself can be a lot different. So you kind of covered there the rehydration and the importance of, of entering into that rehydration and, and why, you know, when we're looking at things like aldosterone and ADH, why they're important to regulate again, and then the psychological, which I feel is the most important thing. Secondly, um, because it, it's something that can have the biggest impact is is keeping that, keeping mental health a, a massive priority. Um, and if we're thinking about this sport, we have to think long-term, you know, nobody is just a and nobody should be either uh just a one-hit pony you know you shouldn't just want to do these things once if if you can rebound effectively and if you can rebound very healthily you should have an ability to go again and, and quite soon as well so probably turning down the list and the what i what i would feel um is 
and has to be nailed down before you can even think about looking at food intake um, and output levels is your biofeedback you know when we're looking at your sleep stress management from a, a female's perspective you have to if it was ever imp- impacted have your menstrual cycle you know either re-entered again you know hypothalamic amenorrhea is absolutely no joke and if stress management techniques are not corrected immediately from the get-go hypothalamic amenorrhea can overlay and run right the way through the next phase of whatever you're going to do so number one i feel taking away tracking measures from sleep for a very short period of time is important taking away tracking measures like hrv is very important um and give yourself time away like when we speak about biofeedback and the reintroduction of trying to improve biofeedback for some people lifting off the restrictiveness and lifting off the intensity is the most important thing and can be the most successful when we run through these um when we run through these aggressive approaches you know you'll track your sleep every single night you'll you know send over to your coach potentially the next morning your sleep your hrv your scale weight those are you know massively restrictive in nature in a sense and very very demanding um from a psychological perspective i feel like you know to improve those levels sometimes we need to take a little step back you know let's not focus on tracking sleep but let's implement things into the pre-bed checklist you know make sure that you're being present with your partner you know you're going to watch a movie on the couch and it's just about relaxing implementing more meditation guided breathing work which we're going to run through later on, but I think what's last to really talk about is output levels, but, you know, maybe going for a 25-minute power walk in the evening times and coming home and doing 15 to 20 minutes of meditation and guided breathing work. Let's focus on that for two weeks. And, you know, after that process of, you know, this kind of bridging gap for two weeks, which we'll do from finishing your, your dieting phase into entering the next phase, which is just improving, you know, all of our health markers, we'll start to track sleep coming towards the end potentially or when we finish but let's try to just improve the feedback ourselves you you know and any client who tracks their sleep will know when they've had a good night's sleep and a bad night's sleep you know you'll wake up the next morning and without even looking at your whoop strap or your fitbit or your apple watch you'll just know by how you feel so for us it's about becoming in tune with that feeling once again knowing when you've had a good night's sleep and that's i think that's the most important feeling is you know becoming back in tune with your body again once once the the food starts to go up once the training volume starts to come down and intensity of training and cardio starts to come down naturally you'll have a healthier sleep cycle because your stress levels have come down as well you know anyone who's gone through these phases of aggressive diets before understands how sorry if i keep gapping in between what i'm saying i'm just i'm just actually drinking in between uh what i'm saying so i do apologize um anyone who's gone through those aggressive diets in in the past understands how stressful the last couple of weeks have been you know the date of the photo shoot is set the date of the show is set it's 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 go time you know am i conditioned enough am i ready to do this you know the lead up to it the anxiety the build up can be a very stressful time and usually when you know, sleep starts to become a little bit off, usually when HRV readings start to become a little bit skewed, because without even knowing, you've just entered into this new realm of stress, 
just from fixating on that final date. But once that date has passed, once you've gotten the images back from the photographer, or once you've gotten your placing from the show, you know, and you've gotten your good feedback, you've spent time with family, you've had a meal off, you've, you know, taken a little bit of time away from cardio, focusing on your steps, focusing more on meditation, naturally your body will start to become less stressed without even having and again i think it's it's important as well for that two weeks not to track hrv because again during prep you'll understand and you'll know when your body is in a very high stress environment and you know i'll have clients who will wake up in the morning and you know for myself anyone who's kind of five to six weeks out we'll check in with me every single day we'll do physique pictures we'll do scale weight we'll do hrv and we'll do sleep every single morning but i'll have clients who will text me and go you know coach i haven't even checked my sleep and hrv yet but i know they're all over the shop because they feel like shit and then they'll check their sleep and their hrv and they'll just know by how they feel how poor the readings are going to be so for us it's about improving those numbers but going by feeling you know with the implementation of like i said implementation of um more emphasis around guided breathing work and meditation with usually the pullback of certain variables like you know him buying fat burner anything that's going to cause an increased level of sympathetic dominance of course is going to allow a bigger increase of parasympathetic dominance when we pull back cardio again a big driver in that sympathetic response we will see more elevate a higher elevation of that parasympathetic response but like i said in that two-week period of fixing biofeedback once we can understand the feeling a little bit more and once we can have a bigger impact on our biofeedback from a positive perspective without having a restrictive perspective around it i feel is a very healthy rebound you know if you can improve your sleep and stress management without ever having to track that's a very healthy and impressive thing to do but like i said the most important thing i feel is taking away the restrictiveness and taking away the intensity of what you have just done because like anyone will know to be successful in this sport whether it's a gaining phase or a cutting phase takes intensity and that's totally fine because at the end of the day if you want to do that that's your journey your choice and I feel it's a very healthy journey and a very healthy choice to embark down but it requires intensity it requires dedication it requires a lot of focus and attention to detail and inside these bridging gaps we have to allow for that level of, of health and that level of intensity to be re-entered back in again so when we're speaking about biofeedback you know we do need to see improvements in sleep quality and after that two-week point when we enter back into the next phase the first couple of weeks in that new phase of, of calories and that new phase of output um, are going to be that kind of fix your need phase you know when we start to look at sleep a little bit more when we start to look at stress management a little bit more from a female's perspective looking at the quality of the menstrual cycle look back to your logbook and say okay you know three weeks before my photo shoot i had a menstrual cycle where the bleed wasn't too long or the bleed wasn't as strong as it usually may have been abdominal cramping was a lot higher and you know overall duration of the period itself wasn't that long 
okay, let's look back to that versus the menstrual cycle that we've gotten, you know, once stress management has improved and once sleep has improved, okay, we're seeing an improvement of the length of the cycle, fantastic, we're seeing an improvement of the flow of the cycle, unbelievable, we saw a little drawdown in the kind of amount of abdominal cramping that we got, fantastic, that's a box ticked, let's reassess again the next time your menstrual cycle comes around because, like I said, hypothalamic amenorrhea is absolutely no joke and nothing, and it should never be taken lightly, but it also, it's a it's a healthy thing in a way because, not really healthy in a way, sorry, I shouldn't say that, it's not healthy in a way, but it's a natural thing to occur when stress levels are so high and it's healthy, sorry, where I was going with this, it's healthy for those levels of stress to become that high in the latter end of an aggressive dieting phase. Um, so when you're looking at those kind of biofeedback markers, like I said, it's about improving but improving them still keeping in our range of taking away restrictions and focusing on the psychological rebound after a, a dieting phase um so now that we've kind of spoken about you know the rehydration we've spoken about you know the psychological rebound we've spoken about the biofeedback rebound now let's speak about the nutritional rebound and you know what I think it's important is to prioritize, like I said earlier, prioritize how you approach this. Um, a lot of people will just go, okay, straight back into the next diet when you're not paying attention to the small details. To have longevity in the sport, we have to focus on the small details. So when you're looking at the nutritional rebound, number one, like I said, lifting away the restrictions for probably 14 days is important. But after that 14 days is done, it's very dependent on the goal you are going to enter into so if you're going to go into a gaining phase i i do feel like your body is going to be in such a responsive state that you could probably increase calories anywhere from 500 to 700 calories per day based on a male and a female and start an incremental phasing approach and what you have to understand about a rebound is i feel like a rebound or a reverse diet has to be primarily focused on your health not necessarily focused on food and like when you're looking at a reverse diet, it's it's extremely goal specific. You know, if you look at a gaining phase, a gaining phase is incremental in nature with food intake. So your week one is going to be different to your week two, your week three, week four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, because everything changes because now you're on a different journey. If you're looking at more of a maintenance phase, which I do feel like is more probably appropriate to speak about, it's about increasing food intake and just watching body composition you know if you're looking to maintain where you are what you're trying to do is bring your food intake back up to a certain point and a certain level while keeping your food intake in place and that's going to come from very small increases of food intake increasing food intake from anywhere from 150 to 200 calories a day holding that for a week reassess body composition reassess scale weight okay go again reassess body composition go again but like i said the importance of a reverse diet is very minute detail around the nutrition it should be maximizing the detail around health psychological um, and the rehydration and immediate post effect of the regulation of of hormones that can be disrupted during the reverse diet but when you're entering into that maintenance phase like i said it can be very small increases of of food intake anywhere from 150 to 200 calories a day i think but again extremely goal specific gaining phase you can be a lot more aggressive so you know your immediate starting point can be anywhere from 500 to 700 calories and then that's going to be 
aggressively increased in nature. When you've just come off the back end of a dieting phase, your ability to build muscle tissue is extremely high. So let's tap into that ability by being aggressive with their approach. Being aggressive with your approach, of course, is going to just maximize the chance of muscle gain. Um, when we're looking at it from a perspective then of, of energy balance, I feel like, and again, this is immediately correlating back to the psychological rebounds, just taking away the restrictive and intensity, just focusing your need levels. You know, when we focus on our need levels, number one, it will start to improve the balance of energy. You know, we will start to come into more of that kind of middle ground. You know, we're not in a negative balance. We're not in a positive balance. You know, if you're doing, you know, 15,000 steps a day, on prep and 400 calories in the morning cardio just focus on your steps for today you know let's just eliminate the cardio focus on your steps but you have to do maybe 25 30 minutes of a power walk or a light stroll in the evening times to just increase your daylight exposure target for the day you have now taken their level of cardio away which is going to take down the level of sympathetic dominance improve your parasympathetic dominance you've kind of improve that level of restriction as well by taking away the intensity you know the intensity of that mental focus and that kind of emotional attachment towards cardio which for a lot of people the emotional attachment towards their physique is something that needs to be addressed immediately you know you need to understand that finishing off a dieting phase you can't look that way for the rest of your life you've worked extremely hard for that day um, and things like cardio people have a huge emotional attachment to it I did when I don't finish both of my preps the emotional attachment I had with that Stairmaster the last session on that Stairmaster that I done on my 2016-2019 preps for the shows and the photo shoots was emotional it was very emotional because it's something that you've done every single day seven days a week for the last 16 to 20 weeks you become emotionally attached to that routine you become emotionally attached to that system that structure but it's about very healthily again having that mindset switch don't focus on your cardio focus on some outdoor walk again can you drag your missus to the gym at 6am to do a stair master session for an hour absolutely not could i bring my partner amy and my daughter harper rose for a walk at five o'clock in the evening for a half an hour yes of course you could again it's about the psychological rebound here it's about entering into normality again it's about including your family your loved ones your children back into your life and routine again an easy transition from an energy balance perspective now of course we're trying to improve energy balance in a positive state of course this is going to work very well for that but again from that psychological aspect it's also important to to improve your normality of of living again and you know just to give a kind of a big overview on everything that we just spoke about the the importance of a, a, a prep is and the 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 emotional attachment towards a prep is i think it's healthy because like like i put up that post the other day you are doing something 99 percent of people cannot do and you're achieving a goal something 99 percent of people can't do or will never even dream about doing so you have to give it 100 percent. you have to make sacrifice you have to you know 
put yourself in a psychological position where you are extremely self-centered. Your mental health has to be driven towards a goal and a very, very aggressive goal. The exact same thing a fighter would go through, the exact same thing a footballer would go through coming towards a cup final, coming towards a very big fight of their career. It's just something that you have to do. But what's the most important thing I feel, and again, I've said it probably 10 times this podcast, but I just want to reiterate the point of it, that it's the psychological rebound that matters. It's returning back to normal living in a healthy way that matters. It's allowing food intake and the restriction around food intake to be uplifted. It's about improving your relationship with food, improving the relationships with your loved ones, with your kids, with your partners, getting back into a healthy psychological state will immediately improve your level of body composition and let you keep your level of body composition without even having to focus on food intake. Like how many people, if anyone's listening knows, who has gone through an aggressive dieting phase and has just returned back to the way they were immediately? And piled on a load of weight, piled on a lot of water weight, piled on a lot of body fat because they didn't focus on the small details like an effective rehydration protocol, improving biofeedback markers like your sleep and stress management, improving your your, your psychological rebound, which then improves the physiological rebound without even having to put an emphasis on it. So... You know, like I just want to kind of wrap it up in kind of wrap it up very, very easy to understand. It's just the importance of the needs versus the importance of the wants. For a lot of people, the want immediately post a diet is going to be to eat whatever they want. The want is going to be to ramp up food intake straight away. The want is going to be to immediately jump back into a gym and train at 100% again. The want is going to be to go on nights out with friends again. Just go and completely go wild. And that want comes from not addressing the needs correctly. And the needs correctly are improving the relationship with food intake, improving the relationship with your friends and family, improving your mental health again. Because once all those things can be improved and once new goals have been set in place and once you know you have a definitive direction and something that you are aiming for immediately, immediately post-finishing this diet, that's how you successfully rebound out and reverse diet. Um, thank you all for listening on this much. I didn't expect the podcast to go on uh, that long, but I will try to keep the podcast more frequent because um, I, I do know that people appreciate the information that is being put out, but also I never want to dilute the amount of information that goes into each episode. So, um, you know, I'll try to make them more frequent, but there will be spells in between podcasts because, like I said, I do not ever want to feel like the quality of the podcast is coming down. I get great feedback from the podcast and great feedback from the information because the information that we put into them is so important and people seem to respect the fact of a lot of information versus consistency of podcast with just a little trickle of information so hope you took some nuggets away um, from that reverse diet and understand the importance of reverse dieting is not about focusing on the food you're about to eat but focusing on your mental health your biofeedback and the psychological rebound thank you for listening guys